Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 64, Kudi Kanto and the Land of a Thousand Lakes. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. Okay, today's Goop Tale is about Kudi Kanto, and I thought that was the sweetest slash funniest name I've heard in a while. And it was sent in to me by Emily Perchlick in an email back in February of this year. So Emily, thank you so much for sending that in. I'm not sure if that was you who made the name or your mom sent it in, but thank you. Cootie Kanto is a great name. And Cootie Kanto is a boy who will not play with girls. Hmm. I remember a couple of those when I was younger. So in any case, Cootie Kanto is going to go to the land of a thousand lakes, which is Finland. You're going to learn in this goop tale some fun facts, but one of them is that that's the name for Finland. It's called the Land of a Thousand Lakes. And at last count, there were 187,888 lakes in Finland. It kind of makes you wonder who counted all those lakes and are more popping up. In any case, that's where we're going. So I want to start off by reading a review from iTunes. That's what I'm going to do before every podcast. And this one came in back in October of 2019. And it's from Teakly 2002. And it's titled The Best Sleep Time Podcast Ever. My daughter Varna and I have been listening to Goop Tales for over a year now. And hands down, it is one of the best podcasts that I have heard. Not only are the characters and stories fascinating, there is so much information shared on places around the world and other supporting creatures has also been an educational forum for us. And the way the stories are structured and delivered, it can be used as a sleep time story for kids and adults alike. We look forward to every new Goop Tale and have given a few suggestions as well. Kudos to Maria and really looking forward to the new season two Goops and enhancements to the website. Love you, Maria. I love you too, and I love that review, and thank you for writing that. That definitely made my day when I got it, and it makes it again to read it, so thank you. And if you haven't left a review, just go to gooptales.com forward slash reviews, and we'll show you how to do it on iTunes. Okay, I just want to say that I hope you're really enjoying Gooptales now more than ever, because when I'm recording this, it's March 2020 which will go down in history. And one of the things it's gonna go down in history for is all the time we have to spend at home. So since you might not be able to go out to all the places you usually go, if you're listening to this when it first comes out, I hope I can inspire your imagination because I want you to remember that your imagination can take you anywhere in the world at any time. You don't need to physically be there. You just have to close your eyes and imagine. And sometimes it's even better than going there in person. So I hope this scoop tale inspires your imagination. And I will see you on the other side of Cootie Canto and the land of a thousand lakes. Cootie Canto was so very, very, full of fun. When it came to making you laugh, 
he would not be outdone. If ever you wanted to be in stitches, Cootie Canto could break your britches. But if ever he saw a girl or two, his tiny face would turn blue. Chapter One Once upon a time, there was a most hilarious little goop boy called Cootie Canto. He would make the goops laugh like no other with his pranks and antics. Miss Wigglebutt even had to repress her own laughs when Cootie Canto was in her class. Once he had a conversation with Miss Wigglebutt that almost had her bursting out laughing in the middle of class. He asked, Why do bad guys always want to take over everything? To which Miss Wigglebutt replied, Well, they want to be in charge and make all the rules. To which Cootie Canto said, Why don't they just become moms? Miss Wigglebutt tried not to giggle. (laughs) Another time, Miss Wigglebutt wanted the goops to use their imaginations in regard to schooling. So she gave them some sentences to complete. One of the sentences was, If I was the principal, I would dot, dot, dot. And the goops had to fill in the rest of the sentence. Excitabelle wrote, I would throw a party every day at recess. Pie Jam wrote, I would have three desserts for everyone at lunchtime. Cootie Canto wrote, I would quit and get a job I would enjoy. Once again, Miss Wigglebutt <laughs> had to control her giggling, and she was secretly pleased she wasn't the principal. Cootie Canto was so funny that all the goops loved to hang out with him, but he had a rule. He didn't want to play with girl goops, as he believed they had cooties. He even carried a little handkerchief with him to wipe away cooties. You don't even know what a cootie is, Sassy Lass would say to him, with all the sass she could muster. There is no such thing. Cootie Canto didn't care what she said. He had already made up his mind about girl goops. They weren't to be played with or trusted. Of course, Cootie Canto had just made this up as he himself didn't really know what a cootie was, but he would never admit that. He prided himself on being called Cootie Canto. Gossipina was always up for a challenge and she was determined that she would be the first goop girl that Cootie Canto would have as a friend. She knew exactly how to do it, too. Gossipina was very clever. She waited for a day when the sun was hanging high in the sky and decided that was the moment. She put on her sun hat, grabbed her little notepad, and set off to find Cootie Canto. He was playing down by a river and skipping stones over the water. As Gossipina approached, Cootie Canto was just about to duck into a bush when he heard her say, Cootie Canto, I heard that there were some cooties flying around, and I am sorry to say that you may be exposed to the cooties, as it is a boy goop who has them. You should watch yourself. You might catch some cooties. Then she turned on her heels and skipped off down a gravel path. Cootie Canto was stunned. Usually the girls tried to get close to him or touch him, 
so that they could give him cooties. And Gossipina just turned and left. He was intrigued. What goop boy could possibly have cooties? Cootie Counto had no choice but to follow Gossipina. He hurried up from the riverbank and scurried down the gravel path she had taken. Gossipina was still quite a ways ahead, so he really had to move very quickly. He heard her singing, Cootie Counto, Cootie Counto, the amazing Cootie Counto. Doesn't know, oh, doesn't know, oh, who has the cooties? Gossipina, wait up, he called after her. Gossipina stopped and smiled inwardly to herself. Then she turned to Cootie Counto and burst into a huge grin and called out, okay, and waited for him to catch up. As soon as he was standing near Gossipina, Cootie Counto said, so who is it? Which, which boy has cooties? Gossipina pulled out her notebook and said, hmm, let me see. Then, without warning, she put her hand on Cootie Counto's arm and said, See, no cooties, girls don't have cooties, no one does. Cootie Counto thought he was going to die. He whipped out his little handkerchief and began madly wiping his arm. It was a rare occasion that he was touched by a goop girl. It wasn't allowed by him, and now Gossipina had tricked him. He could feel his heart racing and his head spinning. Cooties, cooties, get away! He screamed as he waved his handkerchief. Then he turned and ran. He ran as fast as he could away from Gossipina. He was running so fast his eyes flew shut. And then he tripped and fell and rolled. He rolled all the way down the gravel path and down to the river. And then he rolled into the river and was gone with a splash. Chapter Two The icy cold river water washed over Cootie Counto as it carried him rapidly downstream. Despite the chilliness, Cootie Counto didn't mind because he felt like all the cooties from Gossipina were being washed away. He was a very strong swimmer, so Cootie Counto made for shore and pulled himself up onto the edge of a snowy riverbank. Everywhere he looked, there was snow. The trees were so covered in snow that they looked like varied-sized white snow castles without even a hint of green. Cootie Counto had to pinch himself to make sure he wasn't dreaming. The snow-covered forest was an icy winter wonderland, and everything was white, white, white. Cootie Counto was definitely not in Goop World anymore. He called out into the white forest. Hello? Hello? His voice seemed to stretch for miles until there was pure silence. No response. There was no clear direction to take. So Cootie Counto started off towards a group of white-covered trees. His feet went through the snow, step by step, one after the other. The sun popped out in the sky above and shone down on him, giving him a reason to smile. He felt like he was in a marshmallow sprinkled with sunshine. 
His mind started wandering, dreaming of marshmallows in hot chocolate, when suddenly he heard an unfamiliar female voice say, What are you doing in the land of a thousand lakes? I have never seen anyone like you before. Cootie Kanto whipped his head up, and there, hovering above him, was a snow-white swan that would have blended into the surroundings completely if it wasn't for her yellow beak. He quickly started to move away from the swan because he knew she was female, and Cootie Kanto made it a rule to steer clear of all girls. The swan, whose name was Senya, landed not too far from him and burst out laughing as she watched him struggle through the snow, <laughs> not understanding why he was moving away from her. What are you doing? she asked. <laughs> he stopped and stared back at her. Getting away from you, he said back with a snap in his voice. Me? What did I do to you? I don't understand, replied Senya. You're a girl, shouted back Cootie Kanto. Senya looked puzzled and had to think for a moment. No one had ever run away from her before because she was a girl. She didn't really consider herself a girl as she was 20 years old. And in swan years, 20 was considered old and wise. And wise she was. I see. You don't like girls. May I ask why not? She asked very calmly. Cootie Kanto wasn't sure what to say. He sensed an authority in this swan, but he belted out, Because they have cooties. Once again, Senya had to stop and think for a moment. Even though she was 20 years old, she didn't know what cooties were. She had never even heard of them before. You must enlighten me. W what are cooties? I have never heard of such a thing, she said back, very seriously. You Get them when girls touch you, said Cootie Kanto. I see, said Senya, starting to understand. But what exactly are they? Can I see one? Now Cootie Kanto was stumped. He didn't know what to say because, in fact, it was a very good and reasonable question. And Cootie Kanto didn't have a good answer. You can't see them. They're invisible, he said. I see. And what do they do? She asked. Now Cootie Kanto was really stuck. He stopped to think about it. Cooties didn't really do anything. And now he wasn't sure they even existed. But he was still going to stand his ground. Um, I don't know what they do, but I just don't like girls, he said. And even as he said it, he started to feel a bit ridiculous. Well, I am a girl swan, so I guess I better be on my way. I only flew by to welcome you to Finland, the land of a thousand lakes, and to warn you about the Gulo Gulo, because you are small and alone. But I will be off now, she said as she spread her wings to fly. The Gulo Gulo? asked Cootie Kanto with a tinge of fear. Yes, the Gulo Gulo. Just watch out. Don't worry, I won't bother you anymore. I know, I'm a girl, said Senya, 
as she started to fly upwards. Wait, wait, wait. What are the Gula Gula? What are you talking about? Asked Cootie Counto. Well, they're the wolverines of Finland. Smaller than a bear, but even more ferocious. But since you are so clever, you will be able to outsmart them, she said as she gave him a direct gaze. Then she flew straight up into the air and disappeared into the white landscape. Cootie Counto was simultaneously annoyed and frightened. Girls, he sighed to himself as he continued trudging through the snow one foot after another. He trudged on and on until the sun started to set, and still all he saw was whiteness. Then he heard it. He picked himself up and looked around. Nothing. Then he heard it again. Kuti Kanto swiveled around and scanned the horizon in all directions. It was blank and white. And then he heard it again, louder. And he watched as a brown animal tore out of the forest at the speed of light and sped across the snow right for him. Chapter 3 Kuri Kanto couldn't move. He stared at the brown blur that was moving directly towards him. There was no chance of outrunning the beast, especially in the snow. The Gulu Gulo was now only seconds away. Kuri Kanto dove headfirst into the snow and curled himself in the tightest, smallest ball he could as the Gulo Gulo snarled and flew right over him. His heart pounded and he breathed a sigh of relief and poked his head an inch above the snow. Not more than 10 feet away, he saw the Gulo Gulo pacing. Then, with a large snarl, the beast turned and stared at Kuti Kanto and spread his mouth into a wide grin Bearing his sharp teeth. Staring at his prey, he walked back and forth. The Gulo Gulo was not in a hurry because he knew he had Kuti Kanto trapped. Winter had been long and the Gulo Gulo was very hungry. He was going to savor the moment. Suddenly, there was a loud honking sound and the Gulo Gulo turned his head for just a moment and saw the tail end of a white whooper swan that flew right over him, dove down, and picked up Kuti Kanto by the scruff of his neck and disappeared into the woods. His long-awaited feast had vanished in front of his eyes, and now the Gulo Gulo was mad with rage. There was nothing that would stop him from finding Kuti Kanto. Meanwhile, Senya landed on a tiny ice island in the middle of a lake and released Kuti Kanto. He looked up at her sheepishly, not knowing what to say to the girl swan that had just saved his life. Senya was kind and wise and said, Don't worry, I understand. Then she went on to tell Kuti Kanto that it was time he focused on a plan to get home. 
There was more than one Gulo Gulo running around, and they were all hungry. You may not be so lucky next time, she warned. But how? How do I get back? He asked. You must find Lucky Lake number 777. That is how you will find your way home. There are 187,888 lakes in Finland. I don't know where Lake 777 is, but I know she will grant you a wish, according to the legend of the lakes, replied Senia. Kuti Kanto started to laugh. When he felt overwhelmed, he laughed or made others laugh. It was the only thing he could think to do. He laughed so hard that Senia started to laugh with him for no reason at all. They laughed until tears streamed out of their eyes, and then they stopped. Their tears had turned into a puddle in the ice island, and as Kuti Kanto looked into the puddle, he saw an arrow pointing north. Look, said Kuti Kanto, as he pointed to the arrow. Well done, our first clue. Let's follow it, replied Senia, as she picked up Kuti Kanto and flew north over the land of a thousand lakes. Kuti Kanto looked down to a land of white wonder below. Every tree, every house, every mountain was covered in pristine white snow. Snow that looked as soft and light as cotton balls. There were no colors except for the blue of the lakes between all of the white. Blue and white was all that he could see. There were thousands of lakes and Kuti Kanto started to feel anxious. How would he ever find Lake 777? Just then, he spotted a tiny glimpse of yellow. It was the only color he had seen for hours, and it was in the shape of an arrow, an arrow that pointed directly at a bump in the snow below. Kuti Kanto strained his eyes and narrowed in on the bump. It was an igloo. Senia, that must be the next clue, he said as he pointed downwards. Senia flew down and landed on the igloo. It glowed from within. We need to go in, said Kuti Kanto. You need to go in, said Senia as she looked at him. He nodded, knowing she was right. This was his journey. W will you wait for me? he asked her. We shall see. Now go and get your next clue, she said. Kuti Kanto crawled into the tiny igloo tunnel all the way through, and there inside was a small yellow lantern and the word guide written in the snow right in front of the lantern. My guide, said Kuti Kanto as he picked up the lantern and headed towards the door of the igloo. And then he heard it, the low growl of the Gulo Gulo. Chapter 4 The growling was low but consistent, and from what Kuti Kanto could tell, the Gulu Gulu were nearby. Kuti Kanto was small, 
and so was the entry to the igloo. Surely they couldn't fit in it. He poked his head down and looked out through the entry tunnel, and all he could see was a misty gray color. Then it was silent. Kudikanto wondered if Senya was still waiting for him on top of the igloo. He sat and waited in silence for what seemed like a very long time without making a sound. It had been quiet for some time, so Kudikanto squeezed himself as tight as he could and started into the igloo entry tunnel. He silently moved through it until he came to the entry and stopped. He waited in silence, listening, but there was no sound, just the quiet of the land of a thousand lakes. Cootie Counter was very patient, so he waited a little bit longer, and then he popped his head out, and in an instant he heard it, the growl of the gulo gulo. He rapidly retreated into the igloo, with a beating heart. What to do, what to do, he thought to himself. He knew he had no chance of outrunning the Gulu Gulu, and he knew they were waiting for him. The sky began to darken, and Kuti Kanto had an idea. As the sky grew black, Kuti Kanto dug into the snow beneath him and made snowball after snowball. Soon, he had a small pile of snowballs that were the perfect size for his plan. When the sky was pitch dark, Kudikanto picked up his first snowball and threw it as far as he could outside of the igloo. Almost instantaneously, he heard a movement and a growl. My plan just may work, he thought to himself. Then he shoved all of his snowballs towards the tunnel entry and began to throw them First one, and then another, and another, each in a different direction. He heard the gulo gulo move from spot to spot, chasing after the snowballs, trying to catch Cootie Kanto. And from the sounds and movement, it was clear there was only one gulo gulo. Cootie Kanto knew that he must take a chance, so he threw a snowball as far as he could into the darkness poked his head out of the igloo and called up towards the roof. Senia, I'm here, he heard her whisper back. And then he heard the growl again coming closer. Once again, the snowballs flew out of the igloo and the gulo gulo madly chased them around. Then Kuti Kanto whispered up to Senia, next time I'm coming out. He took his last snowballs and hurled them as far as he could. And then he grabbed the tiny lantern and ran out from the igloo. Senia spotted him immediately and scooped him up just in the nick of time as the gulo gulo jumped and nipped at his foot. She flew high into the night air, holding on to Kuti Kanto, who held onto the lantern. They flew quickly over the lakes and far, far away from the gulo gulo in the direction of the rising sun. And then the little lantern began to blink. Here we are. This is it. Lake 777, this has to be it, said Kuti Kanto, 
as he looked at the lake beneath him. Senia looked down and nodded. This was it. She broke into a smile, and as she did, she released Kudikanto, and he fell down, down, down into Lake 777 in the land of a thousand lakes and disappeared into the water. The icy water washed over Kudikanto, and he popped his head up to find that he was in a flowing river back in Goop World. He quickly crawled to shore and shook himself off, then looked up at the sky and sent a silent thank you to Senya, his first friend, who was a girl. Then he remembered Gossipina, who had started all of this in the first place. I must find her and tell her all about the adventure she sent me on, he thought. Cootie Canto picked himself up and ran off to find Gossipina, but she was nowhere to be found. She was stuck on Socotra Island, but that is a tale for another time. So that is it for this episode of Goop Tales. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, you know what to do. Go to iTunes and leave a review, please, and help spread the word on Goop Tales to your friends and family that you think would enjoy it because I love to get new listeners. And I also love to hear from the listeners. And I have been getting a lot of emails with new Goop names that are coming in. And they were going to a different email of mine, to a Gmail, and they didn't get forwarded to my email and we just found out about it. So I'm super excited because now I'm getting them and I'm reading them and they're so great. So I can actually answer you back, those of you who are sending emails. And I love all these names. I'm having them all put on a spreadsheet so we can keep track of the name, we can keep track of who sent it, and if your goop name inspires a goop tale, we will announce it to the world. So thank you. Keep sending those in. And if you want a goop t-shirt with your favorite goop on it, just go to shop.gooptales.com. Now is a great time to get a goop t-shirt. Wear it around the house. And Let's see, what else do I have for you? Oh, the coloring book. I had a request for more goops in the coloring books, and I think we stopped at four, and that is a really good request. So I am gonna talk to Tanya and see what we can do about it. Okay, I think that's it for this episode of Goop Tales, and I will see you in the next one with Miss Gossipina, the gossip goop. Until then, make every day a goop day, and remember, your imagination can take you anywhere you desire. <laughs>